So page 979, Matthew 13, starting at 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because, oh sorry, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles, and bring them to me to be burnt. Then gather the wheat and bring it to my barn. Now, we just quickly want to to have a, just think about what actually was told there. So we were first told there was a field. And we were told that there was a farmer. Sorry, hope you can all see that. And that he sowed wheat in his field. Um, but then we were told there was an enemy. And the enemy went and sowed weeds in the same field. Okay? And then we were told that the farmer, at harvest time, he took the weeds and he stuck the weeds in the fire. And then he took the wheat and he put it in his barn. What is that about? I mean, well, hopefully Alex is going to come and explain to us what all that is about and what that means for us today. If you have one of these Bibles nearby, make sure that you have it and you have it open on pages 979 and 980. Oh, thank you, Caroline. Because we're going to be thinking about this parable, this parable that seems a bit strange. And what on earth does Jesus mean when he shows us it and teaches us about it? But as we go through, we've got this symbol here. These are our Bible binoculars. Lots of us have seen these before. If you see this symbol, that means that you need to look down, have a look at the Bible in front of you, and see what it has to say and spot something in it. So kids, you're helping out your parents, basically, because uh, they're old and can't read properly. Um, So more of that in a bit, more of that in a bit. Uh, I'm going to just move this down here so I can pop my bits down, and then... Why don't we pray? Why don't we pray and ask for God's help to help us understand what Jesus has to say here. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for, uh, for Jesus. Thank you that he taught us uh, all sorts of things. Please help us now by your Holy Spirit to understand these words of Jesus. Amen. So we are joining um, Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, which is one of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, where he goes around sort of performing miracles, doing all sorts of awesome things. But at different points in Matthew, he hits pause and slows right down to show us um, bits of uh, a whole chunk of Jesus' teaching that we can listen to. And this is actually the third time in Matthew that this has happened. This is the third time Matthew's hit pause so we can understand 
um, what Jesus was teaching. And in this chunk, Jesus is teaching all sorts of things that the kingdom of heaven is about. And so there's all sorts of things. There's things like what is the message of the kingdom of heaven? And what are the secrets of the kingdom of heaven that are now made known? And the kingdom of heaven has different people who belong to it. Sometimes they're called sons of the kingdom. We'll think more about that in a bit. And seven times, seven times in this chunk, Jesus has to say, the kingdom of heaven is like this, or the kingdom of heaven is like that. And in our parable, we saw, wasn't it, it the kingdom of heaven is like a field where a farmer sows his seed. I, I like to think of parables a bit like stained glass window. It's a bit hard in this building. If we were in the old church building, we'd see on a, on a morning like this that a stained glass window, you can see wonderful pictures from the inside. Wonderful pictures from the inside. But actually on the outside, it's all sort of weird and murky. You can't quite tell what the picture's supposed to be. If you don't know what I mean, um, go and have a look at the old church after the service. You'll see exactly what I mean. Um, but that is what's going on with, um, with Jesus' parable here. In verse 36... The disciples of Jesus, his followers, come to him and they ask Jesus to explain what on earth did he mean by this parable with the weeds? Well, we're going to see, we're going to see that as we go through, that there are three things, three real things that Jesus wants us to know from this parable. Three real things. So we'll see that as we go through. The first thing, though, I want to do is have a look and see uh, Jesus' explanation. So Bible binoculars at the ready. I want you to have a look down at verse 37. Who is the man who sowed the good seed? Who is the man that sowed the good seed? Have a look, chat to your neighbour. Who is the man in verse 37? The man in verse 37, do, can we work it out? Shout out. The Son of Man, the Son of Man, which is actually it's one of Jesus's sort of big names for himself. So the, the man planting the good seed is Jesus. Okay, Bible binoculars again. Have a look at verse 38. What is the field? What's the field? What does Jesus have to say the field is in this parable? The world. The world. That's a bit easier perhaps, isn't it? So the field is the world. And that's where these um, different plants are all growing. Okay, um, this one's a bit harder. This one's a bit harder. So Bible binoculars, you're back in verse 38. Can you work out what the seeds, what the wheat and the weeds are? Have a look. It's a bit harder, a bit harder. Oh, have a chat to your neighbor. bit harder, perhaps. Anyone want to shout out? Be bold. Oh, Okay. Maybe a bit of a mix of murmurs, maybe some confused, maybe some uh, not sure. We'll think about this more. But the, the different seeds, the different kinds of seeds that were planted in the field, they're actually people. They're all different kinds of people. We'll have a think a bit more in a bit about how this all fits together. All those seeds that are planted are people. Um, but the first thing that Jesus wants us to see, the first big real thing from this parable, as we start to see what means what, is that according to Jesus, there is a real enemy. 
a real enemy to see. There we go. A real enemy. Have a look back with me on page 979 at verse 25. So the man's gone out, he's planted a seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed seed, sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, that's not these ears, that's like the top of a bit of grain. Um, when the wheat, sp- wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. Now, I don't know about you. I hear that sort of story about weeds growing along with wheat. And I don't really think I get it. I think, I think of it a bit more like this. Um, here, I have a plant. Well, it was a plant that my wife gave me to look after while she went away for a while. Um, if you can't see that, it is dried up and dead. Uh, the plant is ruined. My agriculture has failed. But I don't see that as a big deal. I don't know about you. It's a plant. It's a shame. Maybe Sam sees it as a bigger deal than I do. But, uh, oh well, what, what a shame. doesn't really bother us. But that is not what happens. If you and I were farmers, Rob already said that we're, not many of us are farmers today. If we were involved with planting wheat and expecting a harvest, we wouldn't be like, oh, it's a bit of a bother, but who minds? we would go, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Someone out there has said, I want to harm you. Someone out there has said, I want to ruin your harvest by planting these weeds in there. Someone out there says, I want you to be poor instead of getting the money for that grain. Someone out there says, I want to do you damage. And you notice that the servant said, where did the weeds come from? The master's reply, an enemy did this. An enemy did this. It's time for Bible binoculars again. Have a look down at verse 39. Who is this enemy? Chat to your neighbor. Chat to your neighbor. Who is this enemy? Who's the enemy? Shout out. The devil. The devil. The devil. That's who this enemy is. That's who this enemy is. Jesus wants us to know that there's a real enemy out there. But what's he like? What's the devil like? Well, do you know what? Jesus has literally just described the devil the devil, in the last parable that he told, the parable of the sower. It's probably familiar to lots of us. It's another sort of farming picture where uh, a man goes out and uh, sort of sows the word. He, he describes the word of the kingdom going out like scattered seeds in a field. And in that parable, the devil takes the word. He snatches it up like birds gobbling up seed so that people cannot believe this word, this message of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what the devil is like. Elsewhere, he's, he's described as the father of lies. And we know that all the way from near, right near the beginning of the Bible, what he's like. In Genesis chapter 3, his kind of lies that he spreads are things like, God's not really good. 
God can't really be trusted. God's not got your best interest at heart. And that's why the, the weeds, they weren't just described as people, were they? They were described as something quite shocking to our ears. They were called sons of the devil. Did you notice that when you looked down? Sons of the devil, I think we can understand that as people who are taken in by the devil's lies. And it's serious. It's really serious news, isn't it? Because there is a real enemy that exists. A real enemy. The next thing, though, that Jesus wants us to know is that as well as there being a real enemy, there is a real end. A real end. A real end. Because the servants, they go to the master, don't they? They go to the farmer, and they ask about sorting out the field now. But the master says to wait. The master says to wait. Jesus is showing that there is a real end. Jesus is showing that one day, there'll be a day when God is going to say a big yes to all that is good. And there's, Jesus is showing that one day, God is going to say a big fat no to all that is bad. And we're wired for this. It's the kind of thing that, that, that we really want. We want things to be fair. We want things, we want good to be celebrated. We want evil to be sorted out and gone from this world. We can be a bit like the servants in verse 28, um, as we had it read out for us. We can see the things wrong in the world out there, and we want it. We sort of say, God, sort it out now. Sort it out. We're hurt. We're sad. There's all this unfairness. But Jesus is the master. Jesus is the master. Have a look at verse 29, back on page uh, 979. What does he have to say? He says no, doesn't he? He says no. We're not going to sort it out now. We're not going to sort it out now for the good of the wheat. For the good of the wheat. For the good of people who can enter into God's kingdom. God wants this sorting out that's going to happen to be done right to protect his kingdom people. But there will be a real end one day. There will be a real end one day. You might have noticed, as you've been flicking between the pages in your Bible, there's the bit where Jesus tells the parable, and then there's the bit where he explains the parable. But in between, there's two more parables that are going on. Uh, The bit between Jesus telling it, uh, the parable of the weeds, and explaining it, Um, Both of those parables, we won't look at them now, but they're all about the kingdom of heaven growing and filling all things. Everybody everywhere, one day, is going to have to come to terms with the kingdom of heaven. And it will happen like a harvest. It will happen like a harvest because there is a real end. The end we're wired for, the end we all really want. A day where God will finally, fully, and fairly put all things right. All things right. So there's a real enemy, a real end. Lastly, we're going to see there is a real divide. Oh, that's not a pin. A real divide. And it's a bit hard to spot this divide at first. Do you remember when these were around this way round? 
it's a bit harder to spot. Um, Right now, it could be tricky. Think about the parable. You've got these two different things. I've actually got slightly more accurate pictures than these of the kinds of plants that would have been growing. This one here is called darnel, apparently. I might be saying that wrong. Um, That is the kind of weed that probably would have been growing. You can see it looks a lot like wheat, at least uh, certainly in its early stages. But it's totally, totally useless to the farmer. Nothing grows. And then see it side by side with the wheat. You can see how, at first, it would look really similar. But as it goes on, that stays sort of stalky, that sort of plumps up and has sort of the ears of grain that we're talking about in the parable. It's not very obvious. But hang on a minute. We're saying in the parable, they're not actually plants, are they? These are people. These are people that Jesus is talking about. And do you know what? It's hard to spot amongst people as well, this divide. Um, did you know that this morning, without you realizing, we divided you into two groups? Did you get a notice sheet on your way in? Uh, hold up your notice sheet if you have one. Without you noticing, turn it around on the back there. Some of you have a bit of wheat. Some of you have a bit of weed with no sort of ear of grain. Do you notice? You're divided without even realizing it. You're divided without even realizing it. One day, right now, it can be really hard to spot because we're all in church, we're all here, we're all listening to the Bible. But one day, one day, it won't be hard to spot at all. It won't be hard to spot at all because God is going to divide the people into two groups. He's going to divide the people into two groups. The group of people who have believed the lies that the devil says. They're called the sons of the devil. It's that strong language again in verse 42. Jesus is going to send them to a place of sadness. That's why it's described with weeping in that verse. He's going to send them to a place of anger. That's why it's described as gnashing teeth. In the parable, the weeds are put in the fire. The weeds are put in the fire to this place. A place that the Bible actually calls hell. The people who believe the lies that the devil tells about God sadly sadly go to a place where they get exactly what they want. A life without God. But in verse 43, you can see that God gathers up the wheat into his barn. It gathers into his barn. And this is a totally different kind of place. This is a totally different kind of place that God gathers these people to. Those people who God gathers there, they're called righteous. They're called good. But not because of their goodness. They're called good and righteous because they have trusted in Jesus and have received goodness from him. And these people, they're gathered into the master's barn in the parable. What the Bible calls heaven. What the Bible calls the new creation. The new creation. And did you notice, do you notice, have a look down at verse uh, 43. What are these sons of the kingdom like when they're there? They're going to shine like the sun. They're going to shine like the sun. Which reminds us of a guy called Moses in the Old Testament, who, when he met with God face to face, 
He came back to the rest of the people and his face was shining brilliantly because of who he spent that time with. Because members of the kingdom, sons of the kingdom, they're also going to see God. They're also going to live with him forever. They're going to see him face to face. We're all, if we're sons of the kingdom, going to gather around the Lamb, Jesus, and praise him in joy forever. Because Jesus, Jesus is the master. He's the Lord's. Jesus is the son of man. He is going to return in glory one day with his holy angels. He's going to be sat on his glorious throne. He's going to rule. He's going to divide the worlds. He's going to set the world right as he does that. He's going to be worshipped by everybody. And he's going to be with his people forever and ever. The real end is coming where the real enemy is going to be defeated once and for all. And the real divide is going to happen as the world is made right. Because all authority, all authority has been given to Jesus. All authority on earth and all the authority in heaven. He's going to do this. So what are we supposed to do with this information? The fact that there's a real enemy, a real end, and a real divide. What are we supposed to do with this information? Well, last time, let's grab our Bible binoculars. Look down at verse 43. What does he say at the end? Have a chat to your neighbor. What does Jesus say at the very end when he's finished explaining this parable? Can you see it? Shout it out after three. One, two, three. We can do better than that. Shout out after three. One, two, three. He who has ears, let him hear. In other words, take this seriously. Take this seriously. Jesus' words in this parable. So every year as we think about the harvest, it is right. It is right, like we started off our service, to give thanks to God for what he's done, to think about how we can be generous like him. That is right. But actually, if we're taking this seriously... We should see the harvest and look forwards as well. We should look forwards as well. And part of the way that we look forwards is to take two things seriously, two things really seriously, just as we finish. The first um, is that we should expect the kingdom of heaven to grow. But it won't happen easily. We shouldn't expect it to be easy. So actually, there's real news to share here, really important news to share here, isn't there? So we need to go and tell our friends, our family, our schoolmates, our workmates, our neighbours about Jesus. But we shouldn't be surprised when it's hard. We shouldn't be surprised when some people say no. The other thing that we need to take seriously is that we should expect only one outcome. Only one outcome, because only God will triumph. Only God will triumph against this real enemy at the real end. The kingdom of heaven is the future. We've got to take that seriously. So let's pray and let's ask God to help us do just that. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he has told us these things are true. That there's a real enemy 
But at the real end, he will be sorted out. Thank you too for warning us and telling us that there will be a real divide. If we don't trust you, please help us to think hard about what it means to know you and enter your kingdom. And if we do know you, please help us to trust that one day, at the real end, you'll sort all things out and make them right. Please help us to take this seriously. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.